Dhahabi went on to the next chapter, a short chapter as well. Al-Kabiratu Tasi'ah Al-Kadibu Al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The next chapter is the major crime and the sin of lying on Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The liars of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The khutaba who lie on him and say Rasulullah said this and he didn't say it Those books like the book Tabliq Al-Nisab Tabliq Al-Nisab Those brothers who are from that jama'at, jama'at al-tabliq, they are our brothers. Many of us were with them at one time. Wallahi, jama'at al-tabliq helped me to come to the sunnah. Because I was with those people from the American Muslim mission, who were just a step above the nation of Islam. They were racist towards white people, and they were ignorant, ignorant. And they used to make fun of us trying to learn the sunnah. If you want to wear a thobe, they say you want to be an Arab. If you want to pray the sunnah prayers, they say you want to be an Arab. They used to say that we were people who thought Islam was bringing sand in your house and riding camels. We didn't believe that. We wanted to be upon the sunnah. So when we saw that they were enemies to the sunnah, based on knowledge, based on ignorance, we found our brothers from Jamaat al-Tabliq. And they had akhlaq. And they were praying according to... In the sunnah, they were paying attention to what we thought was the sunnah at that time. In comparison, it was much greater. But after being there for a while, we realized this is not a jama'at that places knowledge on, emphasis on knowledge. And one of the problems is the book, Tabliq nisab Does that mean that those brothers are enemies to Islam and they're in the hellfire and they're the worst? La. And it also doesn't mean that they have knowledge and that's a jama'at you should be a part of. We call those brothers to learn this religion. And those six points are all from Islam. But not the way you're understanding them. So the point is, ikhwani, we always mention these things not to run people away. But what are we going to do? Continue to act like the ostrich with his head in the sand? Tabliq al-Nisab is a book that will... It lies on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam over and over again. So this is a kabira from the kabair. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi he said, "Al-kadhib an al-Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam kufrum yunkil an al-milla wala raib anna ta'amad al-kadhib ala Allahi wa Rasulihi sallallahu alaihi wasallam." في تحليل حرام أو تحريم حلال كفر المحت وإنما شأن في الكذب عليه في سوى ذلك الإمام الذهبي said lying on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is disbelief that will put you outside of Al-Islam and for a person to intentionally lie on Allah or lie on Rasulullah intentionally where he makes something halal haram or something haram halal then this is clear kufr. But what we're talking about here in this chapter is everything other than that type of lying. So if someone lies on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam intentionally and he makes istihlal, he makes up a hadith and he makes istihlal, something that is haram, he makes it halal. And he says Rasulullah said that. And he knows that people want to follow him and believe him because he put the stamp of approval on it. That is kufr, because you made a stihlal. And there are a lot of people who do that. The Karamiya do that as a religious effort. The Shiite do that. They claim that the Prophet 
gave Ahlul Bayt some special information, special affairs that he didn't give to the other ummah. The Sufis say the same thing. We have been given secret knowledge, esoteric knowledge. Knowledge that is bartered. And you people, the awam, you do the general knowledge. What is that? Rasulullah was not like that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Khwani, a man who used to make poetry about the wives of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he was a big problem. He wanted to embrace the religion of Al-Islam during the Fath of Mecca. He was a relative of Uthman ibn Affan. So he asked Uthman, take me to Muhammad and you protect me so that I can take Islam. Uthman went with him. He got to Rasulullah to give him the bayah. Rasulullah turned away. Authentic hadith. Turned away second time. Authentic hadith. Turned away the third time. Authentic hadith. And then he gave him the bayah. And then he said to his companions, isn't there one single man from amongst you who was Rashid? When you saw me turning away from him, why didn't you stand up and kill him? The companions say, Ya Rasulullah, why didn't you blink your eye to let us know? <laughs> he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma yambaghili nabiyan takun lahu khainatul a'yan. It is not permissible for a Nabi to have an eye that does like that. Because what he says is the haq. If he says something and did like that, we don't know. When is he serious? When is he not serious? When is it halal? When is it haram? Another incident. A man came and said, Ya Rasulullah, I have taken an oath. I made a vow to Allah that if I see so and so this person, I'm going to chop his head off. And it was in the fetch of Mecca. And he knew this man may show up. I took an oath, I made a vow, I'm going to chop his head off. Lo and behold, that man came. He came to give the bayah. He stuck his hand out and Rasulullah looked at the man. And he stood there with his hand out and Rasulullah looked at the man. And then he took his hand and he gave him the bayah. The man said, Ya Rasulullah, nadri, my oath, my oath. Rasulullah said, when you saw me hesitating to take his hand, why didn't you kill him? Why didn't you fulfill your oath? He said, Ya Rasulullah, why didn't you do like this? <laughs> he said, Nabi and It is not permissible for a Nabi to do these things with his head. You know, he says something and he's crossing his feet. That's what we do in America. You give someone your promise and you do like this means you're not going to do it. <laughs> or you cross your feet. So when you tell him I'm doing it, later on he says, why didn't you do it? I said, I have my fingers crossed. I have my feet crossed. I have my toes crossed. I have my eyes crossed. You could say anything. So Ikhwani, what is that though? What's the proof of all of that? What are we trying to prove? When the Nabi says something, it is the deen. And no one can come to add on to it or to subtract from it. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum It's complete. مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدُّ قُلْ وَمَاذَا بَعْدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الدَّلَالِ Tell them, what is after the truth? Except the dalal. After Allah has said what He had to say, what do you have to say except what is dalal? وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيًّا And your law was not forgetful. He didn't forget something that you're going to bring to the table in this deen. So don't lie on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Al-Imam Al-Zahabi rahimahullah ta'ala went on to explain the adillah. He brought the first hadith. قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنَّ كَذَبٍ لَيْسَ كَذَبٍ عَلَى غَيْرِ مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّ مَقْعَدُهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Lying on me is not like lying on anyone else. Whoever intentionally lies on me, let him prepare his place in the hellfire. وَمَنْ أَظْلَمْ مِمَّنْ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا Who is worse than lying than the one who lies on Allah? That's the worst type of lying. And then after that, lying on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then after that, lying on the companions. But look at the ulama of the past, ikhwani. From them, Ali ibn Abi Talib, when he was dealing with the khawarij, Ali knew a lot of ahadith talking about him and his virtues. Rasulullah told Ali sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا لا يحبك إلا مؤمن ولا يبغضك إلا منافق No one loves you, Ali, except the believer. And no one hates you except the munafiq. We love Ali and everyone from Ahlul Bayt. Even if he's in this masjid and he's a prayer, he has some taqwa, he has some deen. We love Ahlul Bayt. Ali knew this hadith, so he was dealing with the khawarij. So that they won't think he was lying, he said, Wallahi, لِأَنْ أُخِرَّ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِنَ الْأَكْذِبَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَإِنِّي سَمِتْهُ يَقُولِ يَا عَلِي لَا يُحِبُّكَ إِلَّا مُؤْمِنْ وَلَا يُبْغِدُكَ إِلَّا مُنَافِقْ These were Ali's enemies. So he said, Wallahi, for me to be dropped from the sky is more beloved to me than to lie on Rasulullah. Don't think I'm saying this because I'm lying, making tukya. But I heard him say, Ya Ali, no one loves you except a believer, and no one hates you except a munafiq. So the shahid is, Ali preferred to be thrown from the sky before he said, Rasulullah said something that he didn't say. The scholars of Al-Islam, the ulama of Al-Hadith, and we're Alul hadith Alul hadith What I mean by Alul hadith again, not the football team, Alul hadith we're not Brailwees, we're not Deobandis, we're not this, we're not that. Alul Hadith and your Aqidah and your Ibadah and your understanding of the deen. The ulama of Alul Hadith, when they had a guy who would read the book of Al Hadith, they used to be tough and they would choose a man who knew Al Nahu. He knew the Fa'il and the Maf'ulin Bihi and the Na'ib Al Fa'il. He knew how to make the Tashkil of the words. Where's the Dhamm and so forth and so on? Why? Because if you read it wrong, you may change what Rasulullah said. And that scholar felt it was his responsibility to let the one read who knew what he was doing in a nahu. They took it that far. Some of the tabi'een like Talq ibn Habib, rahimahullah ta'ala. When they used to narrate hadith, ikhwani, they used to say, such and such companion told me that this was said. And you understood that it was said by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but they would never say, such and such a companion told me Rasulullah said this or that. He was afraid of even raising the hadith to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In al-hadith, if a man lies on Rasulullah in the hadith, he becomes a kazab. His riwayah is matruka, 
left because he lied in the hadith. The worst hadith is the hadith that's mawdu' Someone in the chain of narration is a kadhaab. Right here in this masjid, I have some small students here, Ubaidah, Zakaria. Some of the small students, what's your name again? Abdurrahman, what's your name? Huh? Shakil. Shakil? Say it like a man, Shakil. Good job, man. We have these little students like this. For you to lie on one of those guys is haram. It's a kabira from the kabair. Al-iftira wal What about to lie on the Sayyid Bani Adam? The khatam al-anbiya wa rasul. Weak hadith should be rejected. Mawdu'a hadith should be rejected. Ashabi kal-najoom. My companions are like the stars. Anyone you follow, you'll be guided. The most hated halal thing to Allah is talaq. He never said that. Paradise under the feet of the mother. Rasulullah never said that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So lying on Rasulullah is haram. And Imam al-Dhabi went on, Ikhwani and he said, that the Prophet said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man yaqul alayya malam aqulhu, fal yatabawwa maqaduhu minal nar. Whoever says something that I did not say, and he claims that I said it, then let him prepare his place in the hellfire. مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ بُنِيَ لَهُ بَيْتٌ فِي جَهَنَّمُ Whoever lied upon me, a house will be built for him in the hellfire. So lying on him is a kabira from the kabair. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi said, and he brought this hadith, يُطْبَعُ الْمُؤْمِنَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا الْخِيَانَةِ وَالْكَذِبَةِ the Muslim, the mu'min, the Muslim, he may do anything except he will not act treacherous. He will not be treacherous towards the amana, nor will he lie. That's a famous hadith. That hadith is weak. It's not authentic. And Imam al-Dhahabi in his book, he did not tell us it wasn't authentic. Afallahu anna wa anhu wa an al-Islam. And Imam al-Dhahabi brought this hadith as if he's using it for a dalil because he said, وَقَالَ وَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَقَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ يُتْبَعُ الْمُؤْمِنَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا الْخِيَانَ وَالْكَذَبِ Now pay attention, Ikhwan, this is a very critical point. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi is an Imam al-Islam, an Imam in al-Hadith. But al-Kamal is lillah, wahduhu la sharika lahu. Here Imam al-Dhahabi is dealing with the chapter of weak hadith and he brings a weak hadith. The scholars of al-Islam, whenever they brought a weak hadith, they would say, Qila, it is said that Rasulullah said that. Yuqal, they used the sigha at tamreed It was said, Imam al-Dhahabi said, Qala alayhi salatu salam, the Prophet said. So that was a mistake. But... I'm more than willing right here, right now, to wager everything that I hold dear from my monetary property that Al-Imam Dhahabi knew this hadith was weak. Abu Usama, 
المسكين المسلم الجديد الغير العربي العجمي I'm going to find out that it's not as weak and al-Dahabi didn't know he knew more than likely I don't know why he put it there but I have khusnadam with al-Imam al-Dahabi but perchance he didn't know maybe he didn't no one knows everything so this concept of my imam must have known, he must have known, he did that because he must have known. Well, we're going to say Rasulullah really said this because of Dahab, he said it. No, Rasulullah didn't say this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is a very weak hadith. The last hadith that he brings as a delil is that Al-Imam al-Dahab, he said that Rasulullah said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, من روى عني حديثا وهو يرى أنه كذب فهو أهد الكذابين أو أهد الكذابين both of those are permissible فهو أهد الكذابين for the جمع أو أهد الكذابين whoever says a hadith and he attributes that hadith to me and he knows that he's lying then that man is one of the liars, the plurals. Whoever knows the hadith is not authentic, and he says Rasulullah said it, then he is one of the liars. That's one way of understanding it, in the plural. The other way of understanding it is, whoever narrates a hadith and says it's from me, and he knows it's not from me, he is one of the two liars. One of the two liars. He's that person who is narrating the hadith, and he knows he's lying. You're a liar. Because you're lying intentionally. The other one is the one who says Rasulullah did something, but he doesn't know he's lying, but he's still lying. So he's considered to be a liar. Kafa bin Mar'i Ithma and Yuhaditha bi kulima samia. It is enough as a crime for a person to speak and to say everything that comes to his mind. That's the two chapters for today. To end this last chapter, Ikhwani about lying on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are a group of people who say, look, we use the hadith. The reason why our book, Tabligh al-Nisab, and these other books are like that, is because of the other hadith. مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ Whoever lies on me with the intention of misguiding the people, then let him place get his place in the hellfire. So those people say, we lie for Rasulullah and we don't lie on Rasulullah. We are lying for him to get the people to do more salah, to get the people to do more ibadah, to get the people to take care of the armala and the yateem and the fuqara. So we create these hadith. Whoever takes care of the yateem will have 10 trillion houses in Jannah and each house is a billion and a half uru'een. And then the people in the audience say, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. And he's encouraged to go and take care of the yateem from a hadith that's da'if. I'm lying for Rasulullah. This is not permissible. This is not permissible. Number one, because this addition to misguide the people, this ziyad is da'ifa. All of the ulama without any exception are in agreement that when it says whoever lies on him to make the people go astray, that is an addition that is not authentic. Allah Azawajal sent men to protect this sunnah, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it's matruka, marduda. Secondly, the scholar said, and even if it was authentic, even if it was authentic, 
then that narration, that ziyadah would be litaqid of the seriousness of lying, like the ayat that we mentioned. فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ أَفْتَرَ عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا لِيُدِلَّ النَّاسِ Who is worse in lying, more oppressive than the one who lies on Allah to make the people go astray. So lying on Allah is bad. But when you lie on Allah to make the people go astray, it's even worse. Lying on Rasulullah is bad. But when you lie on Him to make the people go astray, it's even worse. If that ziyada was authentic. And there are other rudud that they use, but we're not going to take time out dealing with that. We want to make this point concerning lying on Rasulullah. Ikhwani, we have to get back to the pure religion of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. At-Tasfiyah wa tarbiyah as the ulama of Islam are saying today. At-Tasfiyah, let us clean up and purify those things that we are attributing to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And did the, the Christians go astray for any other reason other than that they're saying, God said, let there be light. God said, I love the world so much I sent my only begotten son. God said this and God said that. Where did God say that? Where, where is that at? People lied on him. People lied on Allah. People lied on his Nabi, his Rasul, Isa. What's the difference between us and them? That is the way of the Yahud. So we're going to stop here. Inshallah ta'ala, we want you to wake up as it relates to the ahadith that you read. Try to stick to those issues and those books that you know are authentic. And now alhamdulillah, there is a renaissance of information, a renaissance of knowledge, academics, where books are being translated and written with the idea and the niyyah of only putting what is authentic. It is permissible to narrate the hadith that is weak, but only when you tell the people this is weak. If you don't tell them that, it is weak, it's haram to narrate it, you shouldn't narrate it. And whether it's in the aqidah, or the ahkam, or the mawa'id, the tarheeb or tarheeb, it doesn't matter. Lying on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not permissible. The questions, these two questions are not connected to the dars. Tafadhi ya akhi, radwan. Concerning the father, don't give your money to the foolish ones. A person may be an elder who has haq or hukuk over you like your mother or your father. So does that mean we can't give him our money? We give anyone who's safir and he has a right and a position over us, we give him enough to take care of what he needs to do. But if he's going to waste the money or harm himself, then we don't help him. Cooperate with each other in righteousness and in fear of Allah. Don't cooperate with each other on evil and in disobeying Allah. وَإِنْ أَمَرَاكَ أَنْ تُشْرِكَ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ فَلَا if they order you to make shit with me, which you have no knowledge about, don't listen to them. Don't obey them, your mother and your father. But be a good companion. Concerning lying, lying is a kabira from the kabair, whether it's on Rasulullah or not. 
when his aunt, the Prophet ﷺ, is ashad and a'zam, it's more serious. But he did tell us وسلم, in a number of ahadith, Laysa bikadab man yanmul khayra bi yuslih bainatmeen. It is not lying, and he is not a liar. The one who says good to make peace between people. So you can lie to make peace between warring factions. I went to him and I said, this brother who you had the problem with, he was crying and he feels bad about what happened, but he's afraid to come to you because he feels you're going, you're still upset. And then when he hears that, he calms down. And I go to him, I said, I talked to him, he's calm. He wants to make peace and so forth. This is not considered to be lying. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And for a man to lie to his wife, and for his wife to lie back to him, but the lying where they don't steal each other's rights. And thirdly, lying in war. Al-harb khida' War is treachery. You have to play games in war. That is an authentic hadith. But it is not permissible to lie on Rasulullah to make peace between two people. It is not permissible for the husband to lie on Rasulullah to the wife or the wife to the husband on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It is not permissible in the battle to lie to the people and say, our prophet said that we can rob these banks. And our prophet said that we can blow you up. And our prophet said that this is jihad. That line is not permissible on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the last question, Ikhwan, and then we're going to deal with these two questions. And we got an announcement. Uh, about adoption, you said that adoption is not permissible Islam. Can you explain that in light of adoption now? The social services have a Muslim child, a Muslim is an adopter. What do you mean by adoption? Adoption in Al-Islam, Ikhwan, is abrogated, has been abrogated in the religion of Al-Islam. We're going to give a class on adoption. We're going to give a class on how to get divorced because many people are divorcing and they're saying to their wives, you're divorced, you're divorced, you're divorced, and we're divorcing wrong and we're marrying wrong and these issues need to be dealt with. But very briefly here today, Rasulullah adopted Zayd ibn Haritha in Jahiliya. And then Al-Islam came and abrogated that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established that those people who you adopted, they are not your sons. So don't call them your sons. Call them by the names of their fathers. So it's not permissible to adopt a child and give him your name and he inherits from you. That's not permissible. When it comes of age, your daughters are not halal for him to see them. He can marry your daughters. They call it a tabani. It's not permissible in the religion. But with the social services, if you want to get a child, they use the word adopt. All of the legal documents are adopt, adopt. We say as the ulama say, لا مشاح في مصطلحات. لا مشاح في المصطلحات. There's no big deal about the technical terms. I'm going to fight my brother. He's saying Salatul Fajr is wajib. I'm saying it's farud. He says, no, wajib. I say, no, it's farud. Wajib, farud. And we're going back. And both words lead to the same end. So if they're saying adoption, we leave that. We're not going to go and say, you must not use that word. Adoption is I can't adopt. Just go and adopt the boy according to their system. But keeping your mind when you take the boy, he can't take your name. He is someone who's ajnabi from your children. When they grow up, he can marry your daughters and so forth and so on.